Today, um, we're going to walk through a few things. I, it's an odd morning, and, and I, I just believe the Lord wants to give us a little bit of a picture of the how today, more than maybe usual. You know, one of the things that people struggle with in the faith is they don't necessarily see modeled before them what should be transacting and taking place. And that's why it's so important that we train up our children in the true ways of the Lord and not just in religious ideas. We fight against the, the conventional religious ideas that become very empty and religious um, if we don't really put our heart and soul at the core of why we're doing what we're doing. Even the concept of the water baptism element, you know, if you've not been baptized in water, you really should. Jesus set that example, but not just because he set that example, because there's something to be gained, spiritually speaking, when you pass through the waters like the Israelites pass through the waters, and we serve notice on all the entanglements with the world that the enemy has tried to hold you captive to. There's something when we begin to mix our faith and put our faith together with that act and declaration that is a, a, an assignment in a sense, and, and it's really breaking the assignments of the enemy over our own lives as we cooperate with the assignment of the Lord. So I encourage you, if you've not been baptized or maybe you have been and you didn't really understand, and fill that out, uh, the connect card that's in the back there, and you can, uh, we'll get in touch with you this week and kind of have a meeting, have a conversation about what that really looks like. We're going to have a really special focus of these 40 days. You see the 40-day card on your seats. We had a guest in the first service who came and couldn't find a seat because they all had the reserved signs on them. That's what he told me. Uh, and I said, no, that's not reserved signs. Those are cards for you to take. 40 days. That's just a reminder for everybody to focus in on these 40 days. And at the conclusion of our 40 days, I am going to call on you, by the way, to, uh, to come up with a plan that you feel like is the prompting of the Lord for fasting and praying for these 40 days. Um, and, you know, that, that looked different for different people. Maybe for some people it deals with social media. For some people it deals with food groups or food. You know, my roommate in college fasted and prayed for 40 days. I watched him not eat food for 40 days. Um, you know, that is possible. But uh, that, you need to know that that's a call from God to do that uh, before you step into that. And, and you know, I, you don't want to talk too much about and openly share it all. But as uh, just wanting to set an example for you to understand and see. But I've just determined and feel like the Lord's asking of me for the first 40 days of the year that I'm going to fast Brussels sprouts because, oh, those... No, I'm just kidding. Don't fast something that you'll never miss. Um, I, I'm going to actually do a Daniel fast, and it's going to be no sweets, no meats type of thing for 40 days. And so I won't be having any desserts. So don't you be trying to tempt me with your cookies and pies and all those things. Um, but, you know, just something of those 40 days where you can set in motion a, a deeper focus of why we're doing what we're doing and really exploring what God wants to reveal and stir within us in that 40-day emphasis. The conclusion of that will be that worship night where we get together and we're going to have water baptism and worship and just break into another dimension, another realm of what God's calling us to. It really is important that we set aside times to seek Him more intently perhaps than what we normally would. It is interesting to me that Moses' life was transformed and a new season was ushered into the Israelites when Moses fasted and prayed for 40 days. It is interesting to me that Jesus was ushered into a new anointing when he was released in public ministry after a 40-day focus. Uh, Noah was on the boat and it rained for 40 days. Obviously, the new expression of the world happened out of that. And when you read in the Bible 40 days 
you'll always see a new season being ushered in that God is releasing. And I just believe that we have the opportunity to press in on those things personally. Let this, let, let's not spend another year. How many of you agree with me on this? Let's not spend another year on the old way of thinking that keeps us back from the very best God has in store, not only in our lives. Come on, but the lives of those around us. We want to make a difference. So I want us to press in on that, have an understanding of that, and I want to share some things that are going to be a lot of how. But here's, here's a little bit um, of what I feel is a basis the Lord's wanting to take us into out of Ephesians chapter 3. There's several verses of Scripture here that really speak to the transition of coming out of 2017 into 2018 for us. We love New Year's resolutions. It's good to make resolutions and make improvements, but we even more so love New Year's revelation. How many of you know God has something in store for your life this next year? And so 2017 was a year where we focused as our New Year's revelation this past year, today being the final day, of love is our source. And we talked about that all year. We're stepping into 2018 where our 2018 New Year's revelation is, how, is understanding the revelation of the fact that we were created to flourish. And I just want to say to you, and I hope you'll receive this and you'll release this in agreement with what's stirring in your heart. 2018 is a year your life is going to begin to flourish in unusual ways because of what God has already set up to take place in the coming year ahead. So a lot of things I believe that have been being prayed for for years, we, we meet at 9 o'clock in the morning with all of our volunteer base for the morning, and we just pray into the morning. And I, and I began to pray this morning at 9 a.m. with the whole crew, and I just said these words, Sister Russell, Wanda Russell, who attends first service and sits third row to my left right over here every week, she has been praying for 50 years for us to see the things that we have had the opportunity to see and more. She's a lady that walked on this ground before there were ever buildings. In fact, she walked on this ground before this church ever owned this land. And she would walk over here and pray there's going to be a building one day, and that building is going to be right here by 29th Street, and we're going to have a church that's going to draw people in. They were kind of tucked away in a corner back there, and that came to pass, and she saw that happen. And every time another building has come up on this property, she has celebrated because it's more of the vision that she saw before she saw what she sees today. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wants to reveal some things to us in advance. And come on, it's not just for us to experience the prayers of the past, but it's for us to begin to pray into that which the next generations ahead, they're going to experience as a result. I'm just telling you, 2018, I really sense it, and I'm just proclaiming it as your pastor and as a voice in your life to declare God's will. 2018 is a year where many things that have been prayed for decades prior, maybe generations prior, are going to begin to unfold. It's going to be an exciting, exciting year. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. We're calling it in. So Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, very important two words I want us to understand today, being rooted and grounded in love, not rooted or grounded, rooted and grounded. Verse 18, may, 
the in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. This is flourishing. So it's interesting, rooted and grounded in love, and then we begin to flourish. We see a progression of even what we've sensed uh, God revealing in 2017, 2018, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So there's a lot in all of that, and I don't want us just to, you know, read verses and, you know, just kind of, yeah, that's nice. But what's God want to reveal in this today? And I believe God wants to stir some things in us. We, we don't gather together just to do our thing uh, and get our church thing done. We want to come together and really encounter Him. So would you just put your hand on your heart this morning? Lord, I pray that you would awaken within us what you desire to awaken within us. Teach us what you desire to teach us. Let your spirit, Lord, prompt us. Let there be a sense of a greater appetite within each and every one of us as we see the kingdom of God begin to expand, starting within us. We can't control others, but we can control us. And we surrender to you and your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So if you've already passed your book down, you've got your note card out. If you haven't, do so, because your first blanks uh, reference this verse 17 of Ephesians 3. We are to be rooted and we are to be grounded in love. Rooted in love, grounded in love. What does that mean? Rooted in love, grounded in love. This is a metaphor that we find in Scripture, and it really speaks of two different things. If, if, if we were only to be rooted in love, it would just say rooted in love. If we were only to be grounded in love, we'd be grounded in love. That's what it would say. But it says both of these. And these are really important that we understand. And I want to kind of block this out so that we can get the concept of what the Lord is revealing, what Paul was writing about. To be rooted, you understand the word rooted is, a, is more of an agricultural term, speaking of plants with roots. But to be grounded is more of an architectural term. To be foundationally positioned grounded before we build the structure. Okay, we're all together on this. So to be rooted is agricultural in its nature, but to be grounded is architectural in the building element of what we should be working in cooperation with God to accomplish. So let's first talk a little bit about rooted, uh, agriculturally. I know personally that if I don't make sure that I'm taking the time to spend in prayer and in God's Word consistently, regularly, intentionally, I know that there are things in me that aren't growing well that God wants to grow in my life. Have you noticed that? Uh, what, what is love? Love is patient and love is kind. If you, are, if you spend any amount of time around me personally, then it's pretty obvious in my life that if I am lacking in my personal time in the Word and in prayer, I become very impatient and I become very unkind. I start to see those things start to ramp up in my life. I, I notice it and, and then I step back and I realize, wow, I am really sharp with my words. I, I mean, I, I kind of can be that way. I'm, I'm a little bit of a provoker by nature. And and part of my gift and my design is I don't just, you know, accept every conversation. I usually toss a few things in the conversation to kind of awaken.
awaken more perspectives, and, and I want us to really get it. You know, that's just my heart, my desire. And that's a, that's a beautiful gift when it's under the temperance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life, but it's a very ugly gift when it's not contained and controlled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know, you are equally gifted in whatever capacity it may be, but the gift that's being expressed in your life needs to be brought under the Lordship of Christ. Otherwise, it becomes contaminated and even perverted at times and used to manipulate people. I know when I was a kid, I, and anybody like this, like I was the trouble in, in the classroom. How many of you, that was you? Can I just see you were the trouble? Okay, maybe some of you still are the trouble in the classroom, but, but I was the trouble in the classroom. I'd always get things spun up, and then I would step away just at the right time, and someone else would get in trouble, and I was just kind of that. I would talk people into doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and, um, and, you know, I mean, I was just constantly in that mode. Well, it was just a gift that was in me, a communication gift, um, um, a directional gift that was coming out of me, but that has to be brought under the Lordship of Christ, and the same with you. Listen, you and I need to be rooted in the love of Christ, rooted, so that what's growing within us is actually coming by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, we'll start to produce things that we should never produce. That's an agricultural look at this idea that's being revealed. And then there's this architectural look, and it's about building the foundation. And I've watched as we've built different buildings on this property. <laughs> and when they, when they build a building, there's a, a ceremony. What's that ceremony called? It's called a groundbreaking ceremony. Why is that? Because before you build the visible structure up, you have to cultivate the ground and prepare it for the foundation to be built correctly. Don't bypass building the foundation or what's going to happen? Problems. That's what will happen. How many of you know it's a lot easier just to race past all this nonsense that you can't really see because you're excited about seeing what's going to be built visibly? I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying or not, but in your life, you must never bypass that which is unseen because of your pursuit of that which is seen. You need to take the time to work on the unseen realm and the unseen things and places of prayer and places of preparation for what God's wanting to do. And if you don't do that, what God builds and grows in your life will never stand the true test of time. I'm giving you a mouthful today. And it's very important that we understand God is not into just racing past the process to get us to a place of promise. God is very into the promise because His plan, I'm sorry, God is very into the process because His plan is to provide a process that will sustain a promise beyond your life into the next generation and the next after that. Our goal here is not to have great church. Our goal here is to build great family so that the church will exist long after you and I are gone and it's still perpetuating, sharing the love and the life of the gospel because we gave ourselves to building a foundation and being rooted in the things that are going to produce something very spiritually helpful for generations after us. We, we, we really must do this well and do this right. This requires that we understand the importance of the unseen things. The scripture talks about these unseen things, and it's so interesting when you start to look at unseen things. I mean, seeing the unseen in and of itself is almost confusing. How do you see what is unseeable? Except it's not, you can. You just have to see with the eyes God gives you in your inner man that the scripture talked about. Second Corinthians 4.18 is, is where we start to see some of these ideas. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, 
We fix our eyes not on what is seen. I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know what you're looking at in your situation. I don't know what it appears to be in the way you're viewing whatever the circumstance or situation is in your life. But if you'll listen to what God has to say, then if what God is saying isn't lining up with what your eyes are seeing, then what your eyes are seeing are temporary and subject to change because what God is saying is what you need to be seeing beyond whatever it is that's visible right in your immediate realm. Do you understand? We need to focus in on the unseen things to bring and cultivate our spirit man to have a stronger emphasis and focus in our life. You've got to build strength in your inner man. You know, there's some people, they come to church, and like we start worship, and, and it doesn't take them long, and they're kind of out. Okay, worship, I've had enough. And then like we start, let's pray, let's press in. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's pray. And I mean, it just doesn't take long, and they're out. And they're just kind of disconnected. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're not, in, they're not spiritually conditioned. How many of you in the room could do 50 push-ups right now? You don't have to raise your hand. But if you condition yourself and you work out, you could probably crank out 50 push-ups. But if you don't ever work out, after 10 push-ups, you're going to start grunting and groaning and making funny noises because you're wearing out. Your spiritual muscles are much like this, and you need to be cultivating places of prayer, places of the Word, listening to what God is saying, developing yourself spiritually, so you stop wearing out so fast when it comes to the spiritual things God's wanting you to engage in. Come on, let's press on and break through. Let's press on and break through. We have so many people in the church world that we live in today that are so spiritually weak because they're not focusing on the unseen things because they're inundated with that which they see. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The eternal things, the eternal value. See, the world that we live in, the physical world that we can touch, actually has its origin born from the eternal world that existed before the temporal world ever came into place. God created this world out of His world. What that means is His world is more significant than this world, and this world will pass away, but His world will remain. Therefore, we need to really be rooted and have a foundation in the world that belongs to God. The spirit realm is a really important realm that you and I learn to function in and to walk in. And listen, don't wait until you're facing the challenge of your life before you start trying to develop your spiritual muscles. Don't wait until you get a doctor's report that's the challenge of your life before you start trying to find Bible verses to nourish yourself. Don't wait until everything seems to be unraveling at the seams and falling apart in your life before you start trying to discover how to pray. Build up your inner man. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Get in the Word. Get in a place of prayer. Come on, we have to be men and women that are devoted to these eternal things. We can walk this out. Second Corinthians goes on after saying what it did in chapter 4. Then in chapter 5, he says, We walk by faith not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. That word sight is an interesting word in the Greek. It's E-I-D-O-S, and it simply means the five physical senses. In other words, we process internally something beyond what people who don't know Jesus can ever process. All they can do is process what's going on in the temporal realm because they've not been awakened supernaturally or spiritually to the greater things of God. Listen, it is easy 
The, the Lord said to me uh, as I was praying about this that when I make the statement, he's going to really awaken something in our hearts. So I want to make this statement very intentionally. I want you to really tune in your ears. Because it is easy to be intoxicated by entertainment that is offered in our world and lose sight of what God is really wanting us to learn how to process. This gadget I'm holding in my hand has the absolute capacity to hijack everything about my life, hold every resource of my life hostage. You, you can spend your whole life on your phone being disconnected from the real world around you because you're not even in touch with the spirit realm that God is wanting to awaken things that are the deeper, more meaningful treasures of life. The Holy Spirit wants to captivate us. The less, this is important, not on your blank, you might write it down, it's a really important statement. The less we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the less we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the more we thirst for entertainment. You and I were created by God to be fascinated. I just want you to know you don't have a sin issue. You don't have a Maybe you're struggling in a specific area in your life. You don't have a sin issue. You have a worship issue. We were created to be fascinated. You will be fascinated. I'm excited. OU's playing. It's awesome. OSU won. It's great. Excited about the game. I love it. But it's not going to captivate my life. Some of y'all need to hear me. Hunting, awesome, great, glad you enjoy hunting, but it's not going to captivate my life. Gaming, whatever, you understand? It doesn't matter what it is. Goldilocks had the right kind of porridge. I know some porridge is too hot, some porridge is too cold, but come on, you got your porridge. You know what your porridge is, and the devil knows what your porridge is. He likes to take, make it just right. Some bed's way too hard. No, that bed's way too soft. I'm not going to entice that person into this bed, but there's this bed. Now, this bed is, come on. The enemy knows how to find you right where he's going to find you, and if you're not careful, you allow yourself to begin to be fascinated in the wrong way, and then you get dominated because that which fascinates you will always dominate you. I'm using my preacher finger today. That which fascinates you will always dominate you. And only Jesus will dominate you in a way that will release you to a greater place of understanding truly who you are. Everything, and that's a king, and that's a, that's a priest. You'll be, you'll be released as a king and a priest. But if you're dominated by anything else, if it fascinates you and dominates you, it will enslave you, and you will never become who God's called you to be. We don't have sin problem, we've got a worship problem. We allow ourselves to be fascinated with the wrong things, and there's nothing more fascinating than God Almighty who created the universe, has every hair of your head number, knows you intimately, wants to have a conversation with you powerfully to awaken something in you eternally. He is God. Are you hungry for this? Do you want more of this? Because there's so much stuff that I can kind of preach us into, and we get it, and yes, and... And then there's some places you're only going to go if you go there on your own. 
There's some places God wants to take you that you can't go unless you learn how to pray. There's some places God wants to take you. I can only preach you so far, and then you've got to get in the Word and have a relationship with the author of the book while you're sitting with the Word, listening to what God has to say, and then you're going to grow deeper, and then you're going to grow stronger, and then when, when temptation comes your way, when enemies come your way, when giants come your way, when mountains come your way, you just keep rolling because you've got this momentum and this strength that's been cultivated in you. Your spirit, man, is strong. You're able to break through into new dimensions. And so I want to call on you in the course of these 40 days, will you, will you answer this call and step into this dimension, this first 40 days of the year? In a sense, it's a tithe of the year. It's 365 days, 10% of that's 36.5 days. We're just calling it a 40-day focus of the beginning of the year where we really develop ourselves with new rhythms that are taking us deeper in the things of the Spirit. It's great to celebrate it, and I can preach it, and you can amen it, and, and as long as I don't talk about things that bug you too much, you'll shout it really loud, but come on, there's a cross in the middle of the kingdom, and every one of us have got to be willing to crawl over to that cross, willingly lay down, and die before we'll ever experience the resurrection power God wants to bring in our lives. I'm not afraid to preach the cross, and we better learn to embrace the cross because you cannot have a resurrection if you're not willing to first go through a crucifixion. And we live in a religious world where they just want to talk to us about the resurrection, and they don't want to talk about the pain and the sacrifice of the crucifixion. But we are not that people. We are willing to walk it out and do whatever it takes to get where God wants us to go. So in these 40 days, I want to challenge you to focus in on your devotion life. How do you seek God? How do you spend time in the Word? How are you reading? How are you memorizing? What are you doing in that? You know, whatever that is for you, I want you to do that so faithfully in these 40 days. Let me just encourage you. I beg you. I plead you. We make videos about it. We talk about it. Turn the page. This isn't just an idea for you. This is an idea for generations after you and a legacy of children and children's children that will one day see your faith and you won't even have the words to explain to them because you'll not be there with breath in your body to talk. But your Bible will be there where you've written things in them. This past week, as I've turned the page, you just, all you do is get this old-fashioned Bible, start in the book of Genesis, write the date at the top of the page, and then, you know, whatever's going on in your life, first steps of our children are in my Bibles. Uh, this past week, it was happy birthday, Chris, on the 20. Eighth, and happy birthday, Jan, on the 29th, and happy anniversary, Tracy, on the 30th, and good Lord, we had a lot of celebration going on this week. Filled up my Bible with those things, but those are all in there, and my just little things that God's stirring in my heart, just awakening things in me, I jot down and I make note, and over the course of time, as, as, uh, as I finish all of that, that Bible will be a tremendous heirloom to my children, my children's children, to help awaken a faith in Christ in their lives. I want to encourage you, get with it in the way you seek God in His Word. Get with it in the way you seek God in places of prayer. I'm talking to you about the house. How do I do this? You make extra time in the morning when you get up. If, you're, if you need to get up at 6.30, then purpose to get up at 6 or even 6.15. Give yourself you know, some time just to pray. As we get past the 40 days, we're going to start talking about prayer. I'm going to do a, an emphasis called 24-7. 
and I'm going to give you daily prayer guides, and I'm going to ask our whole congregation to be praying in agreement on each day according to a specific agenda, and I believe there's power in prayer. Do you agree with that? And so I want to encourage you in these 40 days especially, let's get focused in on praying as much as we possibly can. And then let's, let's purpose that we're going to gather together as a church, gather together as a church, not just out of convenience, but sacrificially, okay? I know this morning was cold, and we had some people in the first service that came in, they said, man, we were tempted to stay home and watch online. It's great that we have online. Some people may have actually done that. Uh, but I want to encourage you, let's do what we do sacrificially and not conveniently, okay? It's not about convenience, it's about sacrifice. How I many you know Jesus is alive? He gave his life so that we could, could follow that example. We need to do what we do sacrificially. I want to encourage you to understand, we don't pass buckets because we want people to worship with their giving sacrificially. You actually have to purpose to give online or to find one of our giving stations, but to do something along the line. So it's not just about convenience, but it's about sacrifice. I want to honor the Lord with my increase in my life. I want to bring my first and my best and devote that before Him. I'm just telling you, this first 40 days of the year, we need to set the tone and set the pattern and set the pace to see God's kingdom expand from, the, from within our hearts and all around our world around us so that great religion is happening of Jesus' kingdom in the earth. And I want to ask you to serve sacrificially, not just out of convenience. Um, Pastor Shane's in here, and, and how cool would it be if somebody came to Pastor Shane and said, hey, I want to work with you in kids' ministry, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recruit two or three people just to come with me because I want to do a search. She's real happy about that. She's right now having revival over here. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not just going to do this uh, conveniently, but I'm going to do it sacrificially. I'm going to invite others with me to grow deeper in their faith. How I many you know that's a really key thing? Like make disciples. True disciples make disciples. So look for the ways you're seeking God and invite people along on that journey. It's pretty simple. So I didn't talk about this, but I just want to give mention to it. Joshua stood at Jericho and it's on your, your page. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to preach into it. I want us to worship some things in. You notice we only did a couple of songs at the beginning because it's a five-Sunday month. And when we have five Sundays in a month, we do an emphasis of prayer and prophetic. And we want to just declare some things that we're sensing coming, and we want to worship into that together. But Joshua said this in the, uh, we see this in the book of uh, Joshua and God reveals, it's on your note there, you, you can read, read it in, your, in, in the Scripture if you'd like, but, but God basically says Jericho was tightly shut up, and no one went in and no one came out. Okay, when you are standing in front of the city, of all cities, that nobody could possibly defeat, and it is tightly shut up and no one goes in and no one comes out, what do you expect God to say? Not what God usually says. Because he sees something we don't see. And, and this is what happens. Jericho was tightly shut up. Nobody went in. Nobody came out. And God said to Jericho, see, I've given this city into your hands. Are you hearing that? <laughs> like, it looks like there's no way for you to gain access or entrance. Some of you need to hear me say this over your situation. You feel like your situation is impossible. And the Holy Spirit is saying, see, I have given you breakthrough in this situation. Is this coming alive in anybody's heart right now? What are you looking at? You have to look at the right thing. I just challenge you. I just feel this is an important element for us this year 
of fasting and praying. And so to get focused on the right element, it's interesting, but if you look historically, it seems that in 1947, all heaven seemed to break loose on earth. What was it about 1947 that suddenly brought about world-changing ministries like T.L. Osborne, uh, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, I mean, there were about 15 crazy worlds, you, you would know their names, world-altering ministries that were born in 1947. That's when they suddenly launched out. And I don't know if you realize, but the very next year, Israel became a nation. Like there was something, how many of you believe there's something significant going on? It's like God just was going along. He's like, oh, hey, I think I'll just drop some extra heaven on earth today. How, you know, how did that happen? What you don't realize most likely, because I had no idea until I started studying this. But the year before that, in 1946, something very significant happened in the church. This was shortly after the atomic bomb had been dropped. And a man wrote a book about the atomic power of fasting and praying in the weaponry of the church. And because that analogy was so awakened in the church and everyone worldwide, that horrific event that took place beyond, uh, like, you know, weapons of mass destruction beyond what anybody had ever thought of before. The parallel was clearly tied to this, and that book went viral. The church around the globe entered into these prolonged fasts. Are you hearing me today? They entered into these prolonged fasts in 1946. The church was praying and fasting and praying and fasting and praying and fasting. And while the church was praying and fasting, something started happening in the heaven as there began to be a culmination of warring angels in the heaven that were about to invade the earth and release something of the kingdom of heaven in the earth to see the kingdom advance. In, in the body of Christ. What will happen if we enter into places of greater fasting and praying, seeking God, just getting in those quiet places alone with Him? I believe God wants to release some things in the earth, but we have to be willing to walk that out. We have to be willing to walk that out. I'm going to ask Tracy to come. We've been talking just about what God's stirring for this next year. She shared something so remarkable with me. I, I just, I think we need to embrace this. I want you to be prepared just to let this settle in your heart as some things that God's beginning to stir congregationally for us as a family we can pray into. I want you all to know that our family takes praying over you and your families very seriously. And as I've been praying over 2018 and what does it hold for our church family, I just really felt like God was telling me micro ministries and micro businesses. And I asked Nicole to put this um, back up here. This is the first time I'd seen this graphic, but it's so appropriate for what God has really laid in my heart. And I believe that each one of us needs to ask God, what is my ministry? Because your ministry happens in your world and your world is your family, your destiny family, your coworkers, the person at the checkout lane where you shop. It's the people that surround you. This is 
Oklahoma City, this is your ministry field. And I just believe that God's going to lay on each of our hearts some ministry, whether or not that's for you personally, or your, maybe your family takes up a ministry opportunity, or maybe it's your community group takes up a ministry opportunity, but there are going to be these small ministries that happen. And maybe there's something that God's already put on your heart that you just want to do but you say that takes money and a lot of money, more money than I have. And I just believe that God's going to birth these micro businesses to fund these micro ministries that he's calling you to. So whatever he's calling you to, he's also gonna fund it with these business ideas so that money can be raised to fund these ministry outlets. So that was one thing that I really felt like God was speaking to me. And the other thing was that I just really feel like 2018 is going to hold an open heaven. Not for things that you hope for, not for things that you wish for, not for even things that you've just been casually praying for, but for those things that you earnestly seek God for in prayer. I just believe things are going to be unlocked this year. And I just see prodigal sons and daughters being returned to the house. I see people being healed. I just see miracles happening. And I just see that our end of the year celebration, like we just had our servant leader banquet, we're, we're celebrating all that God's done. It's going to be very different for this next year because we're going to be celebrating all these things that God has done, all the ministries that have happened, all the businesses that have been raised up and all these miracles that are going to happen. And I'm very excited to see what 2018 holds for us. Awesome. I agree. We agree. We call it in. So I want us to take just a few moments together and express this in worship where we begin to embrace what God's wanting to reveal and release that with our song, with our times of prayer. There'll be a few others that'll come and just pray and release something. But would you just stand and let's thank God for his amazing grace just as we begin to press in and declare the amazing grace of God is being released in the earth as we respond to him. I just love when it says... I was blind, but now I see. And it just aligns with so much what God was stirring in my heart this past week when I was praying for you guys. I feel like God is saying in 2018, we're going to see things from a new perspective, a God perspective. He's going to give us new eyes, and we are no longer going to be blind. Maybe there's certain situations that you are looking at it from your own perspective, but God is going to open up your eyes, and you're going to see it from a godly perspective. There's just going to be different things that he's going to be bringing to us. And as I was praying, God was saying, he's going to raise dead dreams to life. How many know we, God has given us gifts and talents and dreams? But it's so easy to bury it away and we say that, oh, I'm too young or, oh, I'm too old. Oh, I don't have enough money. Or do you know where I came from? Do you know this is too big, God? I can't dream this big. There is nothing too big for God. 
And it's so easy, like I said, to just bury it away and throw it to the side. And I feel like God is saying right now that there's people in this room for 2018. He's saying, stop waiting. Don't wait for 2019. I gave you that specific dream that has been stirring in your heart for a reason. So now it's time to try. Now it's time to believe. Just follow me and believe in me. Believe that I gave you that dream for a purpose and for a reason. So stop burying it away. Stop hiding it and let it come to life. Open up your eyes with the God perspective. Give you those new eyes. So I just, if you have had a dream that maybe you just said, God, it's just too much for me to handle and you've just buried it away. God is saying that now is the time to try. I'm the kind of person that I hate failing, so I just won't try. But it's better to fail than try. It's time to try. It might not be easy, but we can do it with God by our side. And we have a family here that will believe in you. And I feel like God is going to connect us all together even more than we've ever been before. And we're going to stand in agreement with one another this next year. Amen? So if maybe you have had a dream that you've just been holding on to, and you have buried it away, and you want to in the 2018 to make that dream come alive, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you and I want to stand in agreement with you and I want to believe with you. Dear God, I just pray for each and every person, Lord, that have raised their hand and maybe there's some people that haven't even raised their hand, Lord. I just pray, God, that you give them those new eyes, Lord, that they will stop thinking with their own perspective but with your perspective, God, that no dream is too big for you, Father. Nothing is impossible when we have you by our side, God. So I just pray in 2018, Lord, this is the year of flourishing, Lord. And they will no longer be afraid to step out, Lord, because they have you by your side. And they will believe in what you have given them. They will believe in the gifts and the talents that you have given them, God. Other people may have brought them down, Lord, but you believe in them, Father. So I just pray, God, that you just open their eyes to what you have to bring them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So just this, amen, yes. So we just want to worship and go back. And let's worship like we believe. We believe. Our speaking team got a message from pastor that said, hey, it's our prayer and prophetic Sunday. What is it that God's put on your heart for this year for us to bring? And the thing I love is we didn't send emails back and forth and come up with a great strategy to bring everybody. We just prayed. We said, God, what do you want to speak? What are you stirring? And we got here this morning and we began to talk about what God had dropped in the hearts of each and every one of us. And there was this amazing vein that just tied it all together. And I feel so strongly for this year that this is a year where we're not going to be skeptical of the power of God, but we are going to flourish in the presence of God. And I just see God bringing people into this place. Exactly what Pastor was talking about earlier, about a groundwork that's laid before. I feel like we are just finishing a year where love is our source. Think about this. And now we're stepping into a year of flourishing. I believe God is going to bring people into this place, not because they are attracted by the entertainment value of church, but because they are attracted to the loving heart of Jesus Christ through a people. And there's groundwork that's been laid. I believe there are people who have had dreams that are coming to life, visions, things that they have wanted to accomplish that they thought they had missed it. Things you, I, I believe there are people in this room right now who there are things you've wanted to do for years and you thought your time was past. You thought you missed your shot. Your opportunity was over. 
And I just, I just hear God saying right now that this is your year. This is the year he is bringing life to those dreams. There, I believe there will be businesses that will be launched from this church. I believe there will be all sorts of revenue streams that will come through here. I believe there will be people in this place that will have greater influence in the community and the city than they have ever seen. And that's not because of us being amazing. It's because of who Jesus is. Yeah, let's give him a hand clap. It's all about Jesus. But this was something that God was stirring in me too, and it's Joshua 1. Be strong and courageous. Because see, this is the thing. God tells Joshua five times, be strong and courageous, and four of them are as he's moving into the promised land. Just because there's a promise in front of you, just because God's given you a year of flourishing, doesn't mean there's not going to be opposition to the mission. Doesn't mean there's not going to be opposition to where he's called you to go. Jericho was tightly shut up. Why? Because they knew the Israelites were coming. But just because what you're looking at seems impossible doesn't mean it's to stop you. It's to see the greatness of God move through you and accomplish the things that he's called you to accomplish. Does that make sense? And I'm just, I want to challenge you this morning as we begin to conclude. I want to challenge you to step outside of your seat, step outside of what's comfortable. Because I don't believe this is a year of being comfortable. It's a year of flourishing. And here's the thing. In harvest, when you work hard and you create a harvest and there's a great harvest in the field, that's awesome. But you still got to do the work of collecting or it spoils. There's still work to be done. It's not a year of flourishing. Great, we can sit back and God's just going to pour out all these blessings. No, no, this is a year we're going to put our hand to the plow and we're going to see something flourish from everything we put our hand to because there's a blessing of God on our life. And I want to, I want to challenge you with this as we begin to worship. When Jesus called the disciples, he didn't say, follow me, it's going to be easy. He said, people are going to hate you, they're going to spit on you, it's going to be tough. The Bible says, put on the full armor of God. Why? Because there's a fight. I want to challenge you this year, get outside of what's comfortable. Get outside of what's safe. Get outside of where you feel warm and fuzzy. Because God's called you for something bigger than that. Your words begin to say with your voice, Lord, we're believing for salvation over this individual. We're believing for breakthrough in business or whatever it may be. Lord, we just press in in this moment together. And we say, God, have your way. Lord, have your way. I want you to use your voice. Go ahead and just begin to pray. Begin to say the things that you're believing for. Begin to release those things right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you're stirring something within every one of us to cause us to grow into deeper places where we'll be rooted and we'll be grounded in the things of God. And the kingdom of God is expanding as a result of our willingness to do more than just gather together conveniently, but to press in and to believe today in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.